When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop post-game review, where we are here to talk about yesterday's 27-10 loss to the Texas A&M Aggies in College Station for Auburn's first loss of the year. Wrong button. Where's the logo at? There it is. Get it up there in the top right. Make it look pretty. All right, I'm here joined by, by Mr. Harrison Tarr and Daniel Locke. Colin is still waiting for his next upcoming meal, and we are just two subscribers away from him getting it. So, right. Tar, how you doing, buddy? You know, um, it's been one of the weekends of football um, of all time. Uh, I did not say the greatest, but it's been one of them. And after this show, I get to go watch Kenny Pickett try to play football. Um, so, if there is James, what's up, man? Good, good, glad to have you on the on the post game show. Sorry to sorry to interrupt there. If there's one person who's having a rougher weekend than me, um, it is Mr. Daniel Locke. Um, Daniel, I love you. We all love you here. We are here for your support. This is a safe space. How how all things considered, how you doing, buddy? So just to elaborate a little bit, um, obviously Auburn went to College Station, just played terrible. Um, I grew up a very big fan of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Um, so last night is something I've seen in some way, shape, or form a thousand times. But I really let myself believe. Um, I just gotta say, Ryan Day, like, what do you get after going after an 86 year old man? Like, come on, get out of here! Like, you haven't done anything. You're on the hot seat at Ohio State. You can't beat Michigan. You can't beat fucking – you can't beat Jim Harbaugh. Like, get out. No one likes you. You're not a winner. You're a loser. And, yeah, everyone is against the state of Ohio because the state of Ohio sucks. Hey, hey like, Cincinnati. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. That, that's, that's all I've got to say on that front. And then the New Orleans Saints, Derek Carr, get well soon. Yeah, seriously, get well soon. Um, not just because I have Chris Olave on my fantasy team, but – um, also, I wanted the Derek Carver revenge tour more than anyone in the world. All right, bringing it back to Auburn's absolute. Do we have to? Yeah, we have to. And I'm gonna I'm gonna call it what it is. Um, absolute shit kicking yesterday. Um, and and you know the score scoreboard in my opinion looks prettier than it actually was. Um, because Auburn lost every aspect of this game, folks. Um, and for those of you guys who are just now joining us here on our post game reflection, I know this is a day delayed. If this is your first time on the stream, we do this every Sunday at 6 p.m. Central. After an Auburn home game, we will not do it on the bye week unless Auburn loses to the bye week, in which case I wouldn't be surprised. I, th- I think I think bye week review show would be nice just to look at upcoming up. Just look at how basically SEC was doing, like LSU mostly. We'll touch base on that. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> James Bur- uh, Barnett's giving you some slack there, Daniel. He said, fellas, I'm having one of those weeks too, LOL, but I love the passion. And uh, yeah, he's, he's cutting you some slack. We're all cutting some slack here. It's I appreciate it, James. I, I apologize for my language. I didn't mean to. Uh, no one was offended, Daniel. It's okay. And if they were, then they're probably not fans of the league. So it's okay. It's uh, I've, I've, I've done it before. Welcome to, uh, welcome to everybody who's just now joining the stream. If you have gripes, grievances, strongly held beliefs, or, or uh, demands from this uh, Auburn program and coaching staff, drop them in the chat. We'll talk about them. And we've got a set rundown as we do every Sunday evening. We've, we're going to go through our talking points. If you guys drop us a question and it's applicable to what we're talking about at the moment, we will jump in and, and chime in on that. If it is not, don't fear. We will answer your questions. That is our favorite part of this live stream. We're just going to push them down to the end. Dylan and I will be starring them and on our end where we can see on the back end. So we'll always answer your questions at the end. AJ said, AJ Rivera said, anyone know when Auburn plays Tamu should be a good game with strong passing performance, right? And yeah, AJ, that's uh, you're right. We're all waiting on that game to, to 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 happen and to kick off. Let's start with the offensive line or lack thereof, fellas. Um, yeah, I just uh, penalties and not holding uh, holding blocks and allowing. Well, what was the sack total? I have it in front of me. Um, uh, seven. Yeah, seven sack. I was thinking it was eight in my brain. So I, that's kind of where uh, I'm at. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Yeah, um, it's uh, it was it was pretty close, pretty horrendous. Um, and Dylan, I'm not harping on your boy, but Gunnar Britton has played some of the most undisciplined football I've seen um, in in the past couple of games uh, from a guy that we really really expected to not play sloppy ball and and, yeah. and, and play really really effective. Um, like like you mentioned, um, maybe out of position right now. Um, your initial thoughts there, Dylan, because I know you're you're gonna. You're going to be critical of Gunnar Britton. You're always very critical of your own takes. So I want to hear this uh, from your perspective, and then Daniel will open the floor to you as well. Yeah, I know uh, this offseason I started off talking about how Gunnar Britton's going to be the best tackle that Auburn's ever Auburn has seen since Greg Robinson in 2013. And the the fact there is, uh, there is very few times we've seen Gunnar Britton play tackle. He's been switching in and out, and you're going to get penalties like that. You're going to get those holdings, those false starts, whenever you're not set a rhythm. If you're not set at a certain position, you're not going to know what to do outside of that. I don't think this offensive line was prepared for all of the switching around that it's going to do. Uh, we saw it. I think Cal, we saw a lot of it uh, where it was just throwing in a Xavier Miller. A Xavier Miller come in and just commit some, like three or four penalties against Cal. And now we're watching Gunnar Britton get switched around to guards and tackles, left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard. He might be playing center at some point. We, we won't <laughs> know. And, and that's where you're going to get these penalties from. Gunnar Britton is a is probably the, is still the most talented and probably the best offensive lineman on this team. But it is time that Ben Agamawa and Hugh Freeze understand Ben Agamawa, uh, offensive line coach, uh, almost guy last year. Why? Mm-hmm. Thornton, yeah, Jake Thornton. Ben Agamawa is the tight ends coach, and he has been doing a great job. Don't want to despise him at all. Uh, yeah, Jake Thornton. Just it, it's time. Like, a uh, quarterbacks coach as well, and he's will hear this as well. It's time to find a player for a position and keep them at that position, and coach up that group as it stands. Gunnar Britton is a right tackle or a left tackle. If you want Dylan Wade at the left tackle, keep Gunnar Britton at the right tackle and practice him there all throughout the week. Don't put him at guard. Don't put him at center. Don't put him on the other side of the offensive line. Put him at right tackle where he is supposed to be at. And Zavon Miller, I think he's just too raw of a talent right now to put in all willy-nilly. Keep it keep it straight. Gunner, Gunner Britton right, right side. Cam Stutz on the right side. Avery Jones in the middle. And your left guard, is Jeremiah Wright still playing around? I I don't know if he's one of the 
17,000 players in the Auburn football uniforms that get injured uh, every other play, but Dylan Way at that left half position. If you if you keep all these guys, keep that same five practicing as that same five positions all throughout the week, you get less penalties like this. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. Daniel, um, kind of building off that, and if you want to chime in on the offensive line, by all means, go ahead. Uh, I think I think it pairs together nicely. Dylan's talking about, and I'll, I'll kind of summarize it: finding an identity uh, in terms of in terms of where guys belong on that offensive line. And, and Auburn's offense, uh, folks, you, you get upset with me all you want. Auburn's offense doesn't have an identity, um, and and it starts up front. But it, it's there's con- that's a common theme when you look around the, uh, that entire offensive side of the ball. Play calling was. I'll, I'll put the ball on the tee for you, Daniel. Play calling for uh, Philip Montgomery was blank in the Auburn AM game. I will circle back to that first. I just want to say I, I, I agree with everything Dylan said um, about the offensive line. I really liked the um, lineup he gave as well. Um, but to go back to your question, the offensive play calling by Philip Montgomery was not good. Um, Horrendous. Yeah. I, I was not pleased at all. Um, with what I saw. Um, and I'm kind of like what Dylan was saying before we got going tonight. I, at this point, I wouldn't mind seeing more of the Robbie Ashford stuff with the, you know, the formations and the schemes that he's designed to be a part of. Um, I don't think you need to have Robbie Ashford using the Peyton Thorne playbook. Uh, if that makes any sense. Sure. Um, but I'm a big believer in the compliment sandwich. So I started positive, got negative, and I'm going to end positive. Um, Ron Roberts. My goodness. He was the best coaching hire Hugh Freeze made. And, well, I, I don't count Cadillacs. Cadillacs already there. External hire, outside hire. Sure. Ron Roberts has really earned my respect. Um he is getting everything he can out of this defense, which I don't think is like man wise that great, but you wouldn't know that. Right. Agreed. Um, the defense is doing great despite the injuries. So hopefully I'm just hoping uh, Auburn goes to death Valley fully healthy on defense. And then maybe the offense gets learns a thing or two against Georgia. No worries. If not, it's cool. If not, I'm not expecting you to. Um, just don't get killed. Um, just score a touchdown. That's Maybe still a dollar. Goal. Still a dollar. Um, yeah. Which is kind of like the fact that we're begging for a touchdown is a little Pathetic. insane. But, you know, at this point, I'm, I would not be opposed to seeing Robbie Ashford get a chance again. You know, I'm, I'm going to open it up. Um, to the quarterback conversation here in just a second. Uh, but before I'm going to expand on what Daniel just said here for a second, Dylan, I think my biggest beef uh, right now with Phil Montgomery, um, and, and and this should be, I think, the theme across all Auburn fans, if you're going to point blame, you know, pointing blame at one person for this game is, is uncalled. It's, it's, it's unreasonable. I mean, there was just mistakes everywhere. I mean, you, I, I can't even, I mean, the, the, the snap over Oscar Chapman's head, which, by the way, phenomenal recovery, but that comes to mind. Um, silly mistakes all over the field and, and just shoot yourself in the foot. But I'm not entirely certain that Philip Montgomery knows how to scheme for the players' packages that he has. Um, and, and that's not new. That's not just because of the Texas A&M game. You can go back and you can look at the, the Cal game. Hell, you can look at the Sanford game. You math. And, and, and look back and say, 
what are we doing? What 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 what's what's the idea here? And and a lot of people, I've seen a lot of Auburn fans on Twitter going uh, you know going back into. And by the way, Auburn Twitter was a dumpster fire on Saturday. I I understand the frustration of losing a football game, but do not revert back to the Brian Harson days, folks. You guys are going off the rails. That being said, I am firmly in the in the boat of you look and you 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 can't get anything going with the pass game, so you need to run the ball. And everybody and their mother knew that Auburn needed to get back to running the ball. So they put Robbie Ashford in and they called two out of three passing plays. What are we doing? Dylan, I know you're gonna you're you're on the pro Robbie passing train, but come on now. Come on. If 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 run the ball is what's getting getting the job done, and it was, why the hell are you go moving over to a guy whose strength is in the run game and not committing to the RPO? Side note, where the hell is the RPO? Where did that go? I thought that was supposed to be the whole platform that, that Auburn was going to move toward and that this was going to be an RPO offense. That's all we'd heard is, is about how you can mix this in with Peyton Thorne, Robbie Ashford, something I still believe, by the way, that if you commit to the, to the RPO, that this can be a very, very com, uh, complex offensive scheme that can really, maybe if you're not, you're outmanned, you can still use what you've got to really catch def- defenses off balance. I still think that that's in the cards, but Philip Montgomery's got to prove that he knows how to scheme for the packages that he's got going on. That being said, everybody in their brother, once again, is hurt. So, I mean, now you've got a whole nother level of, of challenge this week because how do you scheme for the number one team to land when you're banged up and you have to go back to your to your roots? I mean, it's it's a tough one. Um, let's, let's talk about it. Let's address the elephant in the room. There's a quarterback problem at Auburn right now. And, and it, it, it is not me sitting here on this throne of going back and saying that I don't think Peyton Thorne can be this, or I don't think Peyton Thorne has this. But I will say, that is the single worst performance I have seen from not just Peyton Thorne at Auburn. That's one of the worst quarterback performances I've seen in a long time. And, and, and that, that, that does not exclude anything you saw last year. Peyton Thorne went into a hostile environment, and the moment looked too big for a noon kickoff. A noon kickoff. The moment looked too big for him. I don't know that Robbie Ashford's the answer. Everyone hanging out here in the chat, give us your thoughts. We want to hear, and Mike brought up a good point here. If you want to throw that up, Mike McKinney said, Thorne is shook. He needs to get benched. Guy's running wide open. He's looking at the line. I don't know if I, I didn't read the whole thing before I said good point, but he's he's voicing his his opinion. I'm not saying that's, that's invalid. Um, there is a conversation here. Do, can you remain committed to Peyton Thorne, and how long can you do it? Dylan, I know you're going to go on your Ashford rant, so I'm going to to let you have it, and then Daniel, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you kind of mellow it out in the middle ground because that's that's, that's what we got you here for. But, but Dylan, there's a problem. What's the answer? Is there an answer? So I'm looking at at the stat sheet real quick, and Auburn uh, rushing stats. I also just want to say they chose the worst game possible to have officially have burned Jeremiah Cobb's red shirt. He got in and got one carry for a yard. But look, the top four rushers for Auburn, uh, Brian Batie, averaged 7.4 yards a carry. Who was awesome, by the way. Uh, yes. Who was awesome. And and Dark West Hunter, 5.9 yards a carry. Sean Jackson got in, rushed for 31 yards on one carry. So that kind of inflates the stats. And then Robbie Ashford, 3.1 yards per carry on eight carries, which most of those are going to be him trying to run for his life, not trying to make a play down the field. But – so I was on Twitter, and I realized there was this really cool graphic that I saw. This quote from this very intelligent individual who went into a couple weeks ago saying something along those lines of, if Peyton Thorne gets rattled in College Station like he did at Cal, Robbie Ashford might be taking that first snap versus Georgia. That's from uh, your boy, the tank, the Dylan Lark. 
talking about what Robbie oh, Ashford now, can offer. Now Dylan's speaking the third person. This is good. Yes, uh, Dylan spoke very highly of Robbie Ashford's ability. But looking at this team, looking at what it does well, looking at what it doesn't do well, looking at the play calling, all signs point to Robbie Ashford is going to be the better quarterback to play throughout the rest of whatever kind of slump that Peyton Thorne has decided to put himself in. Uh, Teresa Vigil, uh, sorry about the UTSA loss Saturday as well, Teresa. Uh, Army just got the best of him. Meet and meet forever and always, though. Thorne is scared to make a mistake. He won't do anything. I'd rather see him throw 30 times, make 20 of them, and have an interception or two than just not do anything. Yeah, I completely agree. And honestly, if you're going to put a Robbie Ashford, open the playbook up to him a little bit more. Don't call these don't try to call Peyton Thorne plays. You're not running these pro style offense anymore with, with Robbie Ashford in Robbie Ashford is going to be your spread offense quarterback an RPO quarterback. That is the quarterback that Hugh Freeze has been talking about that he wants in his system, the RPO. He wants to utilize the RPO. Robbie Ashford does do that. But when you go in and try to call these complex pass plays that already weren't working with Thorne, so why would they work with Robbie Ashford, especially that late in the game? Why aren't you trying to run the RPO? Why aren't you trying to run the read option? Run the triple option? Why not? Robbie Ashford can do that. And we've seen what Robbie, Robbie Ashford can get the ball to these intermediate passing routes, those out routes, slants. Where are the slants? There's no slants in this playbook whatsoever. And that will demolish a, pass, a man coverage defense. And that's pretty much what they played all day. That's why those short, the swing passes, that wheel route, that Jay Fair route that was wide open, that should have been a touchdown, but got overthrown by five yards. Those attacked that man coverage. Peyton Thorne went into College Station, not ready for College Station, not ready for the heat of Texas. And he and it showed. He looked bad. He looked god-awful. If, the, if there is a single week of this football season where Robbie Ashford goes into the, goes into the first practice for Georgia or for the next opponent as the starting quarterback, it is this week. Robbie Ashford has proved before that he doesn't get rattled in these situations. He, in his terms of getting rattled, is he tries to make a play when he shouldn't. Peyton Thorne will take a negative play when he shouldn't. Peyton Thorne was trying to do some Michael Vick Madden 04 moves in the in the pocket. He's like, oh, here comes two Texas AM defense linemen. Let me try to spin move out of the way of one of them and then fall into the palms of the other one. That's not going to work, especially against a team uh, in, uh, I don't know, Georgia, who is known for their defensive line. If you are not wanting to take seven sacks, if you're not going to want a quarterback who's going to not want to make these plays, who's not going to be able to make plays in the in open space, who's not going to be able to run the ball well, who's not going to be able to help strengthen the strengths of this offense, you cannot go into this week with Peyton Thorne as a starting quarterback. Give the reins to Robbie Ashford. It's Robbie season. Air raid, red zone Robbie. Give the ball to Robbie Ashford. All right, let's level that out here in a second, Daniel. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw up a, a quote I threw up a second ago from, from James Barnett. Why not give Robbie a full half without the fear of being taken out? Isn't that what Auburn has essentially done for Peyton Thorne? Not sure why no one thinks Robbie can get it done, just his opinion. Uh, thank you for the comedy, as always, James, and we really appreciate it. Teresa's uh, pointing out, Dylan, by the way, they lost to Arm the UTSC, UTSA lost to Army last week. Yeah, they lost to Tennessee yesterday. Oh, that's right. It'd be okay. Um, just throwing this out there before I throw it over to you, Daniel, about the quarterback situation. I don't think that there's like nobody that thinks Robbie can get it done. I don't think Dylan's standing on his own. Um, I, 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 in my opinion. Um, but I have an opinion on that in a second. But I'll let you, I'll let y'all cook for a second. Whatever. I'm, I'm going to give it to Daniel here about, about the keys. I'm going to give him the keys to this uh, conversation. We're talking about the quarterbacks right here on the College Loop post game live stream. Please chime in with your thoughts in the chat, Daniel. Your thoughts 
on the, I'll call it fluid quarterback uh, conversation. I think that's probably the right word for it um, at, at Auburn and what, what you saw yesterday. Well, um, you guys both know, and any of our faithful listeners here at College Loop both know, that I love to describe things with personal illustrations. <laughs> so um, when I was 16, I'd had my license for about a month. I had an old, beat-up 2010 Hyundai Elantra, okay, 193,000 miles on it. Heck, okay, yeah. That, that was the whip, all right? So about a month after I got that, I ran off the road and ran right into a tree and wrecked it. <laughs> it, it wasn't like that, that, that. It wasn't that bad, but you know what my dad did? He took the keys away because that was the understandable punishment for someone who wrecked the car. The car is wrecked, so the keys have to be taken away from someone, whether that's Philip Montgomery doesn't get to call plays. That should be on the table, by the way. Yeah, that's definitely still on the table. Whether that's um, Robbie Ashford does get that full half of with no fear of being taken out, which James, Dylan, I agree. Um First half against Georgia, that's what I want. Um, just my opinion. And Tara, that doesn't mean I'm bailing on you. Um, I'm still with you. If if Hashford can't get it done, you got to go back to Thorne. And then if he can't get it done, I mean, we still haven't seen Hank Brown. So, I mean, there, there's still some uh, cards on the table here that are not flipped over. And hold but, up. Yeah. That's just kind of where I'm at. I don't – I don't disagree, actually, Daniel. And I think a lot of people mistake me. Um, my my steadfast belief that if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks, and I, I will I will continue to do that. I, I will I will stay on that ground. I'll, I'll say that with my chest. I think people mistake that a lot for me being a Peyton Thorn truther, if you will. Um, it's not really where I'm at at all. Um, do I go back and and redact any of my statements about Peyton Thorn gave you the best opportunity through the first three games? Absolutely not. I, I will, I will, I will say it with my chest because when when I said those things, I believe those things. Now hindsight's twenty twenty, I, I, I and I'm, I'm I'm just being candid and I'm not defending myself. I'm just telling you guys where I'm at. Now I'm with you, Daniel. Which by the way, fantastic analogy. The car's wrecked, and it's someone someone needs to take take away the keys. It, I did something similar when I was in high school. You can't drive a friend until you're you've had your license for six months. My dad saw me driving a friend to go to Dairy Queen, and took my keys away because I broke the rules. I lost his trust. Yep. The trust has been lost. And and like Daniel said, like, like you said a minute ago, there's got to be consequences at, at, at some point for someone. And that's where the ball kind of goes into Hugh Freeze's court, right? Of making that decision. Who gets those metaphorical keys taken away? Um, or if it's keys to the, to the film room, maybe gives them the keys because maybe they don't have one. But <laughs> that being said, I am going to remain in the camp in the camp that you've got to have one quarterback but at the same time what you got right now is not working it's 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 simply just not unified there's and then Dylan's going to talk about you know teams of the past I know you're going to mention this in a second about how you've got to be unified behind a quarterback and I don't disagree but I don't know I don't I don't have the perfect answer I think trying Robbie Ashford first is probably the correct first step all that being said, and I'm going to give it to you, Dylan, and I'm going to really piss you off before I give it to you. Auburn will be shopping for another quarterback in the transfer portal this offseason. It's yours. I, I don't think that's a bad take. I, I think you're going to need a guy who can push Robbie Asher to get better this offseason. I think Robbie Asher can do that. He just needs to have the full trust of the coaching staff. Phil Montgomery needs to put trust in Robbie Ashford, especially. But I, I need to, a second to talk to the Auburn fan base. 
after I said, James, thank you so much. I, I, I wasn't calling you out, by the way. Uh, he said, Harrison, I wasn't directing you that, uh, that at you all. I know you weren't. I know you weren't. I was just I was just throwing that out there. Daniel and I were playing off each other, and we appreciate the heck out of you, James. Sorry, Dylan. Go ahead. Yes, sir, James. All up. <laughs> all, I'm up looking, all up. I'm looking at the Auburn fan base right now. Every single one of you who have came at me and at Robbie Ashford for saying that he's not a good quarterback. I want to know what y'all saw Saturday and what y'all seen for Robbie Ashford that proved to you that he's not a good quarterback. What did you see from last year's team that can carry over to this year's team? Why doesn't Robbie Ashford get the same love that every other player who played last year and didn't play well did? Uh, Eugene Asante came in, and he's now it's like, oh, well, Brian Harson didn't know how to use him, so now he's playing well. So, And that's exactly correct. Brian Harson didn't know how to use Eugene Asante. Now he's playing well. Why isn't the same thing with Robbie Ashford? How come it's not Brian Harson didn't underutilize Robbie Ashford's abilities? How come it's that, but not Robbie Ashford can't get better? What's up with that? I don't understand the hatred that everyone has for Robbie Ashford strictly because you maybe saw him play last year and you're like, oh, he can't make a throw. You don't know that. And especially because the fact that last year's scheme, if you want to compare last year to this year, this year has a better overall offensive staff than last year does. On the field results, still up for grabs, but the staff is better. If you're going to give Eugene Santa the benefit of the doubt, which, yes, you should, everybody i don't know there's not a single usually it's not a hater out there that i've heard of if there is something's wrong with you uh and look at like people like jay fair people like uh jalen simpson who was one of the people that stepped up nemi pritchett stepped up after brian hartson left how come robbie ashford does not get the benefit of the doubt that every other player on this team does is it because he didn't win the starting job immediately is it because peyton thorne came in right off the bat i don't understand what they saw and i'm looking i'll let you go in a second but last year robbie ashford did not lose auburn games this team lost Auburn games. I'm looking at the Mississippi State game. He played very well running-wise. The, off- the offense just not there pass-wise last year. It was a very run-heavy team at, 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 once Cadillac got there. I mean, we saw the a- the Alabama game. Robbie Ashford killed it. And the Georgia game, he did not play, what, he did not play bad passing-wise against Georgia last year. All right. So, Tar, before you go, I just have a real short, short point. I just feel like m- maybe some of it has to do with um, – Ashford still at the end of the day was brought in by Brian Harson, and people just want a complete change. Not saying that's right. Um, I don't think you're wrong. So, so I know, and I'm just saying if that is correct, I'm not saying that that's you know a justified line of thought, but that's just what I think might it might be. Sorry, Harrison. No, you're good. I've got the short answer, Dylan. Um, and people are going to the the hardcore anti Robbies, which by the way, I I want to remind people I'm not. I'm not. I, I would absolutely love for Robbie Ashford to have a fantastic career at Auburn. Uh, I think the kid's got a lot of heart. He's got a lot of talent, a lot of, a lot of raw athleticism. The reason people are so hard-pressed on Robbie Ashford and that they nitpick him so much harder than anybody else, Robbie Ashford's the quarterback. It's that simple. It, it is really that simple. Let's not forget, and, and I'm going to make some people really mad. We're probably going to lose some viewership on this stream. This is the same fan base that ran Bonex out of town. It is. It, it, does that have something to do with change in command with, with Brian Harson? Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. But people were pretty hard on Bo Nix. And, and Bo Nix made some boneheaded mistakes, as college quarterbacks do, right? As pro- athletes do. I mean, I've watched the red zone today. There are plenty of pros that do it, too, trust me. Um, but, yeah, we lost two viewers. My bad. Um, but that being said, there's always going to be a limelight on the quarterback. And, and there's always going to be that, that, that standard. And there's going to be people that are cr- critical of anyone. There were people who were critical of Tom Brady. I mean, I, come, come on. You know what I mean? 
that at some I point. can directly speak to that as someone who grew up around Patriots fans. Yeah. If at the end of the day, well, George George Matthews, I'm throwing this up right now. Um, the offensive line ran Bo out of town. That is factual information. Um, that is absolutely back to back to back coaches for Bo Nix not recruiting him but, an offensive line. But let's not forget the loudest voices, which are on on the social media, were pretty anti Bo Nix when Auburn. Yes. When when your team is not not succeeding and not scoring points at a high level, you're going to place blame on the quarterback. It's the most position, important position on the field. And it's it's plain and simple. That being said, from a technical standpoint, Robbie Ashford does lack the skill set in some departments, namely that mid, mid, mid-range passing. I keep calling it mid-range like it's basketball, and I'm going to probably continue to do that. Intermediate. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like mid-range better because I'm a basketball guy. But anyways, that intermediate level, uh, range passing, and no one's disputing his, the strength of his arm or, or, or the long ball. I, I, I get all that. There are some pinpointable places where there needs to be improvement from Robbie Ashford that we've yet to see. Is that off the table? Probably not. Probably not. But – there is a little bit of just concern within this fan base and within our, within our viewers and listeners about can Robbie Ashford win you more football games than what you've got right now than this, than, than Peyton Thorne quarterback X. It literally does not matter. There will always and, be a conversation. And I will say to that point, I, I, as the president of the Robbie Ashford fan club, I can, ex- I understand the fact that Robbie Ashford does lack some of the strengths that most quarterbacks in this conference have passing wise. That's not if I if I didn't say that I'd be just stupid and brainless when it comes to the sport. Sure. I wouldn't know I wouldn't know ball as they would say on Twitter. They tell me that all the time. <laughs> yeah, but then I, I look at the I, I watched those uh, Robbie Ashford pass yesterday. I go back through them. They threw one for four for four yards, which off the rip, not a good stat line. Correct. Not at all. Then you go look at the passes. In situational. Situational. The first pass. He airmailed it. It was a he threw a seam when it was a post. That was miscommunication. That's not something quarterback should have very often happen, but it happens more often than not to even the best quarterbacks. Miscommunication happens. Then I look at a second pass. Went straight to the sideline, and it was a 50-50 ball to Javarius Johnson. That was the play call. But Javarius Johnson should not have been the wide receiver in that case. If if it's Jair's shoulder, if that's Shane Hooks going up for that 50-50 ball, it, it comes down. That ball was well placed. That was a perfect ball. It was just the the play the 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 roster the wide receiver that was on the field should not have been the one trying to get a 50 50 ball. Sure. Then I look at that third pass. It was the third completion. It was a 50 50 ball to Shane Hooks, and with Shane Hooks as as vocal we've been about him, that should have been a touchdown catch from him. That should have been a catch by Shane Hooks in the end zone. Correct. That's what we. That's what he was recruited here to catch. He didn't catch it. Robbie Ashford should have had it should be three for four if if the passes stay that like that. If it was all situational too, just if the different wide receiver goes in, if Shane Hooks comes out with that ball, people talk about Robbie Ashford a little bit differently. I don't know how you could watch him play yesterday and say he played bad. It's it's uh, I'll t- I'll say this before we ask. James has a great question here, and we're gonna yeah. kind of put the bow on it from from here and, and move forward with the. Uh, there's there are some good things from this game, by the way, guys. We're gonna get there, um, but um, I, I I will say this. When it comes to the quarterback position um, on, 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 on the football field, your quarterback and your head coach, it's kind of like an elected government official. It's not what have you done for me, it's what have you done for me lately. Um, and, and, and keep that in, in, in greater greater scape. And that, that, I know that's going to make me sound like one of those people that were talking down on other people when person X left, got, you know, left the program or whatever. You know, this player that has been historically good 
was had a streak of bad and people turn on him. It, it happens. It happens in every sport, by the way. Um, let's like let's not forget there was a period of time where people didn't like Horace Spencer and that magical Auburn basketball team, right? Like that's a weird parallel, but there was a period of time. Um, James Barnett mentioned. Coaching Freeze said that Robbie's gotten better as, as a passer. With that said, why won't they let him show it? I don't think that was Coach Speak thoughts. Okay. I'll open it. You guys toss in your thoughts, and I'll put a bow on it here um, about where it sounds like this podcast is at. Um, I don't know. Like, that's my short answer. I really just – I don't know. Um, I, I'm kind of with you, James. Like, it, the time is here. Daniel said that a minute ago. All, all, well, all yours, Nolan Daniel. Um, I feel like, I don't know, I, part of it is he just feels, he is in Philip Montgomery, just feels pressure to use the guy that him and Freeze went to the portal and got. Sure. Um, I mean, it's sort of like, I know this isn't a perfect comparison, but it's like Tommy Reese brought um, Tyler Buckner with him to Alabama. And, you know, that didn't work out at all. Correct. And he wasn't the starter off the bat. Um, and when he finally got a chance, he – the Crap less the said about that, the better. Um, so the more said about it, the better, actually. Fair enough. <laughs> but, yeah, I just kind of – I don't know. I feel like it's something like that a little bit. Um, just like Teresa said, like, Thorne's his guy. He, he went to the portal and he got Thorne – or him and Freeze went and got Thorne. Um, but that, that's all I got. Yeah, I'm with you. And there's also an element of a lot of people like me. I will I will admit that I'm 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 the leader of this brigade. Say that if you don't have if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. And and, and and Hugh Freeze is in large not run a two quarterback system in, in in his in his career in large. Um sticking with one guy historically does better. Like statistically does do better. And if you have your shiny new quarterback, then that's the guy you roll with. That's probably my thoughts. I know I said I don't know, but like that's my two cents. I don't know. Yeah. Dylan? I, I would say this probably has a lot more to say about Phil Montgomery than it does anybody else in this coaching staff. I don't think Phil Montgomery has a scheme written up in his own playbook for a Robbie Asher quarterback, which is a dumb thing for me to say because he coached up RG3. Yeah. But it does not seem like Phil Montgomery understands how to utilize Robbie Ashford. I think from what RG3 was, he was he was a good passer alongside being a great runner. I don't think he understands how to how to really call, scheme around a guy who is a developing passer and a already a great runner. Sure. And it, all you have to do is just keep the ball to the outside of the field, throw the out routes, throw the slant routes, and then Robbie Ashford, the best part of his passing game is his deep ball. You can let it rip with with Peyton Thorne. Oh, that's a that's a <laughs> comment. I love that comment, George. I want you to know I had to keep get that one up and off, up and down off the screen because uh, out of context. When people come back and rewatch this one, someone's gonna get mad. Yeah, that. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I completely agree. <laughs> I knew you were gonna go there. Okay, uh, so but, I was gonna say just, we did yeah. we have a comment earlier. I just throw it up because it, I think if we're about to move it into the play calling. Conversation. Uh, well, we've got something in between that, but yes. I, I was with George Matthew put up a comment earlier, uh, and I just want to throw it up there real quick. Uh, just we never gave the running game a right. chance to pound it and get the Texas AM offense drained on a hot day. Monty kept trying to mix it up haphazardly, just pound it again and again, then run play action. That is that is exactly what the play scheme should be with Robbie Ashford. Yeah, I don't disagree with that whatsoever. To kind of put a bow on it as we as we move over um onto the bright 
one of the bright, the bright spot of this game. I'll say the bright spot of this game, other than Oscar Chapman, by the way, dog. And McPherson, um, 53 yarder. Yeah, that's right. And, and McPherson. Um, I think everyone on the this, this show right now, we want to hear your thoughts in the comments. Please continue. We will come back. I'm sure we'll talk quarterbacks again at the end of the show. And that's fine. That's why we're here. Um, and, and the week. Don't forget when. Well, well duh, but I meant on this live show. I'm sure we'll come back to it. <laughs> I do not feel like if you got a question that pops in your head or you joined us late, that's fine. We'll talk about it at the end of the show. Um, ask us whatever you guys want to ask us. Um, that's what it's there for. Uh, to put a bow on it, it is Ashford time. It, it, it is time to at least see what, what your other options are, as, as Daniel mentioned. Fol- flip those other cards on the table. Um, and, and see what kind of hand you're playing with. Um, if you're gonna have to, if you can play and you can you can raise, or if you're gonna have to fold, it's it's time to figure that one out. About to talk about the defense, which is the bright spot of this game, folks. So get ready to get happy and be be uh, be excited and get in a better mood because it's been a little depressing. But before we do so, Dylan, can you throw a little graphic up on the screen for me, super super quickly, just so I can remind everybody if you are feeling loopy to go to www.thewarreport.com and pick up your very own Feel and Loopy t-shirt. There are five different colorways. Most comfortable shirt you'll ever own. College Loop, War Report Podcast, co-branded. War Report Podcast Network co-branded, excuse me. Feel and Loopy t-shirt. And make sure to include hashtag Feel and Loopy when you get your shirt. Throw up a picture on a selfie or a picture with a uh, picture. I don't know, have your dog wear it. That'd be cool. Um, we'll retweet it from, from the Twitter. And we'll make sure we throw it up on the next live stream, regular show, whatever time frame that works out for everybody. Thank you guys so much for your continual support. And as always, hit subscribe. Make sure you ring the bell so you guys can stay up to date with the latest content coming out for the College Loop. You guys are the reason we keep doing this. We're really, really close to 600 subs. Want to get to 1,000 by the end of football season. I know that's an aggressive goal. Dylan, Daniel, and I are pretty aggressive-minded people when it comes to setting goals. So we're going to we're gonna chase after that one. Once we get to 1,000 subs, we can really, really I mean, do a lot. We could hit 600 the stream. What's up? Okay. We could hit 600 the stream. That would be super, super cool. And I'll like Millie Rock or something on screen if we hit 600 while we're here. All right. Let's get back into the conversation about Auburn football, Auburn's loss to Texas A&M, and talk about something good, something fun. Holy shit, this defense played out of their minds. Um, they, they really did. Um, I personally think Philip Montgomery owes Ron Roberts dinner wherever he asks, period. Because Twice. Twice, because this game could have looked a whole lot uglier than it did. Um, Auburn's... I guess bare bones is probably the right word. Defense bowed up. Like Daniel mentioned earlier in the show, you wouldn't have been able to know if you were just watching as, you know, someone that's kind of a, not a, not a casual, but like someone who's not invested in Auburn football, you look at them like, man, that Auburn defense is, they're good. They're good. And I think they're exceeding all of our expectations to this point this year, certainly. So fellas, where, what impressed you the most um, by, by, by this defense on, on Saturday and, how does how do they keep the train rolling and not strangle their their offense? Jim um, on the field was hilarious, by the way. That, that, that was great. Honestly, what impressed me the most is that the secondary still looked phenomenal despite having a skeleton crew back there. No drop off. Um, the run defense I thought was much improved. Right. Um, which I was not expecting, but was definitely pleasantly surprised. Um, there are some issues, but. You know, we know that. Um, everyone knows that. Um, but, yeah, I was just really impressed with how the defense never gave up, um, even late when the game was out of reach. Um, they did everything they could to put Auburn in the best position possible, and it was a really, really strong effort. And, like I said, hopefully LSU, um, everyone will be back. Uh, you'll get Keontae back. Um, hopefully, hopefully, 
Um, that'd be huge. Um, Austin Donovan? Yeah, Donovan's great. Anyone, anyone else worried about Donovan Kaufman? I'm I'm severely worried about um, his health. I am um, uh, okay yeah. with keeping him out of the Georgia game. That felt rushed back on Saturday. It, it, it was and it felt like it, early in the game you felt like it, he doesn't need to play today. Um, but to your point, Daniel. Sorry to continue. No, you're good. I, I was about done. But basically, just to sum it all up, just the poise the defense showed. Um, they looked like they really wanted to win. Kay and Lee, Jimmy Carter, throw up Jimmy Carter's comment. The 39th president of the United States speaking facts over here. Kay and Lee is a dog. And my very distant cousin, former president of the United States. Yeah, hey, Kay and Lee played it out of his mind, man. Um, that, that defense impressed me, Daniel, like you mentioned. Uh, the secondary just having no drop-off. Um, I'm going to go back to the whole Donovan Kaufman. Keep him out for Georgia, please, for the love of God. Just yes. keep him out. Yeah. He's not he's not ready to come back. Um, Eugene Asante is having himself a year. I mean, he, he just looks fantastic. What, Dylan? We just hit some 600 on three. Oh, uh, let me Millie Rock real quick. Thank you guys so much for 600 subs. Let's go. Let's go. That's big time. We appreciate you guys. You guys are the reason we get to do this. Let, make sure you uh, share it with a friend. Have them hop on the stream and uh, make fun of us. I don't know. I haven't cut my hair in a year. You can start there. Um, a bunch of A&M fans came after me for being a ginger, which is funny because I'm not, not. a ginger. But – Anyways, that's a, that's a side plot. Um, yeah, Eugene Asante's having him, him himself a year. Um, the Sealy uh, Kite, I mean, come on now. Um, great game against AM. Just throwing that out there. He was involved on, I feel like, every play, even if it wasn't necessarily a tackle. He was all over the place. That was the best football I've seen him play this year. Um, sorry, we'll, we'll continue. Uh, I, I just saw, I saw a question from Teresa. We start it. We promise we'll get back to that one. We'll, we'll, we'll address that here in a moment. Dylan, what impressed you the most from this Auburn defense on, on, on Saturday, and why was it everything? I'm not really joking. I do have some issues with the, with the defense. Of course you uh, do. I'm very critical. Here comes of, the – you're about to talk about second downs. Yeah, second down defense was god-awful. It was horrendous. You get a you get like a, a loss or no gain on first down, and then it'd be an instant first down for second down, or it'd be a gain of nine, and then you get third shorts. That – was a rough patch. The injuries DK needs to just be taken off the field for a little bit. Let him get, let him get at least in the 80, 90% range. Teresa, I actually did. I did not mean to say him. I meant to say M like EM, uh, like as in like them. So my apologies. Yes. Invite anyone to come hang out here <laughs> on the college that we, I all four women in sports. That's something we're all very, very passionate about here. So yeah, sorry. I meant if I didn't enunciate it well, I said M and my apologies. Sorry, Dave. Uh, don't yeah. keep cooking. Uh, I like Zion Puckett's ability to play exactly how we wanted Smoke Monday to play. Zion Puckett <laughs> has already been a better safety than Smoke Monday has been. True. Uh, makes better defensive plays in, in open space. Uh, lowers his shoulder in, in, in the air, too, which is a weird thing. I've been very impressed thus far with the linebacker core. Mostly Eugene Asante, but very close second Larry Nixon the third. They are finally learning how to utilize him properly, and he is going to be the biggest player going into that Georgia game. He's going to be the biggest player that's going to have to take that. Uh, he's already taking the next step, but he's going to take an even bigger step against a better offensive line and a better run route. Unfortunately for, for Larry Nixon the third, the, the big step was great, but you're still walking up a whole flight of stairs. <laughs> yes. But I will say, it is time to give up on the Wesley Steiner experiment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been time. That's and Jalen McLeod, I didn't know where he was this game. 
Yeah. There, there were those kind of question marks. Um, guess who played well this game? Elijah McAllister. Just, just say Elijah McAllister actually uh, looked like the guy that we thought he could be this this year, uh, and that that was encouraging. That someone off the edge. Holy cow! Holy cow! Like pressure on the quarterback. He had a sack. I'm not making that up, right? I'm like, I'm not. I'm uh, he he did not. Uh, he, he had a pass, he had a pass deflection. Oh, that's right, that's right, and like four hits on Connor Wigman. Um, so that was cool. Um, I thought that was impressive. So there's a corner in the secondary that needs to do some tackling drills this week. <laughs> and his name is DJ James. My That dude is just throwing his body at the dirt, hoping he trips up somebody. What can't DJ James do? A tackle. <laughs> Are we That's sure? Well, but okay. He's still kind of all, <laughs> over, all over the field. They can't tackle, man. Yeah, you're right. Coverage is good, though. Coverage is his good. coverage... Covers awesome. Open space, that man is just he, he he tackles the same way that Sean White slides, where he just goes straight head first into the dirt and hopes he trips someone up. That's not great. Yeah, that's I, I hate that you're the one that mentioned Sean White this time, by the way. George Matthews. I show all the time. You just defense is playing downhill punishing. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I thought that was an encouraging display. Like uh, your defense is going to win you a couple games this year. I, I it got you on the board. Yeah, it Man, hi! Don't don't even get me started there. I, I love the memes about did did we want him to score on that play or did we want him to truck Jimbo Fisher? That was the most. I didn't even see it in the moment. Like I, I didn't either until the replay, and I was like, "Why is is Jimbo setting a pick?" Like, what Honestly, is there should. I wish there was a way to to secure a touchdown while also running over Jimbo Fisher or stiff arming him or something. Just, it would have been so funny. Legit said DJ has made plenty of good tackles in the past. Dot dot dot. More of a coverage guy though. Absolutely, hundred percent. He didn't make any of this game. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, not not. This game, but. Yeah, Jimbo Fisher pulled out the old uh, Mike Tomlin uh, on. <laughs> I don't know. This, this Jimbo Fisher thing is a whole other thing because maybe, Mike maybe Tomlin. Maybe go back and say that Mike Tomlin did the like mild version of the Jimbo Fisher. Like, yeah, like, Jimbo was just chilling inside the hash marks. That was crazy. That was crazy. Um, James Bardet said, "Fellas." Do you think the D, this defense will hold up all year? I feel like they can be elite, especially if we can peel back these injuries. Okay, I'm going to open here. Elite's a very strong word. <laughs> elite is a very strong word. Um, solid, for sure, if you can peel back the injuries. Now, here's the problem. Everybody was dropping like flies on Saturday. Did that have something to do with the fact that it was like a million degrees in College Station, which I am not like convinced is not the epicenter of hell in the first place, so heat makes sense. Um you know, if if you can if you can navigate the waters, I think that Auburn could have a upper half defense in the SEC this year. I I think that elite is not in the cards yet, but I think we did learn a lot about Ron Roberts on on Saturday in a good way. Uh, so I I think that this could wind up being a surprisingly strong point of the of this of this program this year. Thoughts, fellas? Yeah, I'll let you take it first. Yeah, I'm kind of elites. A strong word. Solid is definitely much more um, in the wheelhouse. Um, I feel like yesterday is a good testament to it. I mean, sure. even with everyone dropping like flies, being short-staffed to begin with, they still, in large, got it done. I mean, you're going to give up points if you're on the field the entire game. Um, so, yeah. yeah. There's um, only so much you can do when you only have 20 seconds to drink your water. Sure. Yeah, 
George Matthews said, wish Jimbo had been mic'd up. God, me too. Yeah, that had been hilarious. Oh, I'd have paid a million dollars. Yeah, I look at this defense. Overall, I think the secondary can stay how it is all throughout the year. For what it's worth, the secondary is healthy because I'm kind of kind of the star position is own thing, which is where you're getting the majority of your injuries in DK and right. Keontae. But Nehemiah Pritchett getting back was huge. Kay and Lee yeah. is a solid one right off the bench. Another you know, guy burned the red shirt. Who cares? Yeah, he, it's already burned. Yeah, uh, I think so. I mean, it uh, is already burned. James, like, who, who cares? Yeah, Jalen, Jay Simp, Zion Puckett. Uh, J.D. Rim, who offers a great nickel back uh, off the bench, and he, he plays a little star as well, but he's mostly going to be playing your safety star corner kind of thing. Utility back, utility defensive back. The front seven still worries me. Uh, the linebacker would be playing above what I thought they were going to be playing uh, throughout the first few games. Uh, Larry Nix, the third union, Tante been playing very well. Austin Keys, need to get him back as soon as possible because I just don't know if this linebacker is going to hold up throughout the next three games, which are going to be a, a, a very deep hole. You're going to be digging yourself in, trying to score points in those games. And outside of the Ole Miss game, because I don't think they have the defense, uh, I think the game could end up being like weirdly close. Uh, I, I don't know yet. Um, D-line, interior D-line, Marcus Harris wasn't really a factor in this game. Yeah, which was odd. Uh, Jason Jones still doing his, his thing with stuffing runs, but I still want to see him try to pass rush sometimes. I don't think you right. need to play. And the thing about nose tackles is, yes, they are here there to plug gaps on rush attempts. Passing, they're supposed to also try to get to the quarterback, which he's not been really? doing. Is that That's right? That's what I've been saying. That's what people, people say, I don't know, don't know ball because I don't know what a nose tackle does. I know what a nose tackle does, but on passing downs, when you're playing against the teams that are going to be passing the ball a lot, I kind of want you to get to the quarterback a little bit more because this, de- this defensive line is not getting sacks. Right. Right. Marcus Harris has been getting sacks, so on and so forth. Edge rushers haven't been getting sacks. DNs not been getting sacks. DT, Marcus Harris again. Like every other game's gotten a couple or maybe one. I think I don't think he's got more than one all, all season in a game. Right. I I need if if I want this defense to be a top five defense in the SEC or a top seven, just have it front, uh, just top half. I'm gonna need the front seven to step up, and they gonna they have a tough stretch of games up ahead because all three the next three teams. Like to run the ball. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Teresa mentioned that she lives 90 minutes from College Station. First off, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, hot was not even close to how it felt on Saturday, and it's been cooler in the last few months. I'm just not, guys, I'm not built for Texas. I'm not. I'm not at all. I'm just throwing that out there. When She said when her daughter moved to Auburn, she would laugh at people when they said it was hot and humid there. I've never been to the Houston area if I think that. You know what? You're right. I haven't been to Houston. I haven't either. Um, I don't think I'm built for that. I hate the heat. I'm born and raised, and people call Atlanta hot Atlanta, which makes me want to jump off a bridge because no one calls it that. But um, I was raised in the South, um, and and I have just never grown accustomed to it. I I hate the heat. I couldn't do that. How do you think I feel? Oh, my God. Yeah, you're from the Northeast. Good Lord. Hello. Welcome to hell. I don't live here all my life, but I'm still not used to it. My my allergies (laughs) have been destroying me last week. That's right. Well, let's let's keep it moving. Also, for those of you guys hanging out here in the chat, like I said, make sure you like the video and uh, continue to ask um, those questions in the in the chat. We certainly certainly appreciate those, and we'll get to all of your questions unless they're directly applicable. We'll get to those at the end. We love that's my favorite part of the show is is interacting with you guys. That's why we do live streams. Um, so there is that. Um, oh, Teresa said she's from Seattle, so she's way out of her element here. <laughs> she's sitting inside with the AC. Yeah, no, I get that. There's just no way I could do that. Absolutely not. Um, for those of you guys, if you guys watched the pregame show on Friday, let us know how you liked Hunter and Caden, why they were the funniest guests we've ever had. 
Um, Daniel, I don't know if you listen, but I quoted the Cade Mac. Did you hear the, me say the Cade McNamara quote? Yeah. It went off the rails. It was bad. It was bad. And then I made, yeah, I made another joke about Washington State's mascot. It got weird. I made like if a joke. Yeah, it was. It, it got weird. Um, yeah, if you guys watched that one in the chat, please let us know how unhinged we were and if we need to dial it back. We will maybe listen if it was too unhinged. Okay. Now here's the overarching question. Our last two talking points kind of blend together. And uh, we'll, we'll kind of address them piece by piece. Daniel Locke. I have a very, very important question. When is it too early to press the panic button on where this season is headed? And is it now? Um, no, I don't think you need to hit the panic button now. Um, I don't think you need to hit it no matter what happens next week. I mean, you're playing the number one team in the country. Nobody expects to win. Right. So just kind of. It's fine. If they don't even look um, like a football team against LSU, then I would say maybe. But at that point, you're three and three in this hypothetical scenario. So give me that Ole Miss game, I think. Because okay. um, Ole Miss is a decent football team. Or they're a good football team. But still, playing against Auburn and Jordan Harris should be tough for anyone. Right. Um. So, if you don't even look compatible against Ole Miss, that it might be time to hit it then. If you lose to Mississippi State, uh, if you're not 4-4 four and four after the Mississippi State game on October 28th, I think. Sure. Something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, that, that's when I'm hitting the panic button. Code red. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you there. After the Mississippi State game – be four and four. Yeah. And I think you're still on pace to be where you want to be. That's right. And uh, Teresa, you said don't dis your Washington State Cougars. That's your school. Um, I, I actually didn't. I just made a joke and said I love Cougars. Um, I've been a fan of Washington State since a young kid watching Mike Leach because it was awesome. Um, I'm with you there, Daniel. I do think there's a world we can press the panic button after Saturday. And let me tell you why. Um, if if Auburn looks really, really incompetent, dysfunctional, um, beyond just being outmanned and, and just outclassed on Saturday at home, I, I do think that if, you, if there's like a casing, you know how like in every superhero movie, there's like a clear casing on the panic button or on some like big red button. Like <laughs> you like pull it back and you, and you start thinking about pushing it. You know what I mean? I think that there's there's a world after, after Saturday. Um, so... We'll see. Uh, I'm not – I don't even think we're in the danger zone yet. We could be in the danger zone by that, by halftime on Saturday. That, 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 could, that could be the case. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not ready to press it yet. Some people are. Some people have already sounded the alarms. Uh, but I'm not there yet. And I'm certainly – the people that are already saying that this was a bad hire, holy crap, you guys just delete, delete Twitter. Dylan, go ahead. Yeah, th- those people I don't understand. I don't know how you can – Again, we picked Auburn to win, but on paper, Auburn wasn't going to win this game. Right. That that's that's what people were betting for. That's what people were predicting. Auburn was not supposed to win this game. If Auburn had won this game, we are ahead of schedule in the Hugh Freeze era. Yeah. But I, I just I don't think you hit the penny button quite yet. If you you're not going to win these next two games, we're just not. But if you can keep it close. And potentially beat Ole Miss. Again, Ole Miss is not a team that's very famous for beating Auburn teams, even the bad ones. If you keep it close for Ole Miss, I think 
you're in a good spot. I think seven and five, eight and four, still very manageable to hit to get. Uh, a, a decent bowl game is still manageable to get. Uh, but you just got to keep your head on straight, and you're going to need to do that. You got to first step, find uh, actually a quarterback. Second step, first step, get healthy. Second step, settle settle on who you want to be playing quarterback for your team. And after that, just keep your defense from getting, you know, exhausted every game. Uh, uh, hopefully the Georgia game is not going to be a rough spot for this defense, statistically. Yeah, that's the biggest thing you can do, right? That's absolutely right. Um, the New Tiger 3 said defense is good enough to keep Auburn in every game, but if they don't score an offensive touchdown versus Georgia, hit the panic button. I think that's that's fair. I, I, I think that's an absolutely fair analysis and kind of what I was hinting at. Uh, Teresa said, got a score on Georgia in the first half. No time for offensive warrant up. Georgia is vulnerable in the first half. Need a big lead um, to even keep it close. And then you hope the Jordan Hare magic kicks in. Yeah, Teresa, that's if there's a recipe, that's that's it. Um, I don't know. Man, I don't know. Uh, George Matthews said, take the green jersey off the Queenies and practice a few steps. They need some life. Not, not with how injury prone this team has been. I don't want anybody taking any <laughs> hits in practice. This is the greatest comment I've ever seen. I don't think I want a single person getting tackled in practice starting Monday. Oh I don't, I don't even. No, I, want, I, I know I want, George isn't serious, but this is hilarious. Like, this I, is I so want Keontae funny. Scott and DK and bubble wrap during warmups this week. <laughs> Like I do not need anybody else getting any any more, uh, it, it, much more hurt than they already are, because uh, it's already been a rough patch for, for what has been injury wise. This might be one of the most injury prone teams we've seen in a hot minute, and it's only week four. Mm, recency bias. I think that that's really getting to you. Um, oh yeah, I mean, twenty sixteen was bad injury wise. I, I just I think I think it's recency bias for you because teams get banged up like this every year. Auburn's just not deep. That's the problem. Um, I, it could be, but also like, is it though? <laughs> listen, I we're not we're not going there. All right, guys, starting with Daniel. How many SEC wins are left on the slate for Auburn? Um, after what we learned, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt for sure. Um, then I, I think you mess around and get one more you're not supposed to. Okay. So, um, personally like for me, there. I think that's a little miss. Mm-hmm. Um, either Ole Miss or Alabama. Yeah, I think you mess around, get a win there. But I think you fall to Georgia. I think you fall to LSU. I think you'd have a chance in that game at home, but on the road, I'm just not feeling it. Agree. Um, then I think you beat Mississippi State. You beat Vanderbilt. Um, probably, probably, probably could beat Arkansas. Oh, duh. Um, at home, I would be confident in that. On the road, I don't know. Toss. Um, that's a toss. So, no Georgia, no LSU. Um, yes, Mississippi State. Yes, um, Vanderbilt. Then your toss-ups are Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Alabama. Um, I think you win at least one of those toss-ups, and maybe two, something in like three or four. Okay, I, I, I'm going to retweet. You're right. You're so right. Um, I, I think Arkansas is a little more of a toss than it should be. I don't think Arkansas, Dylan, we've talked about this. Arkansas is atrociously bad. Um, they're just not good this year. And Teresa just said, why, so why are we saying Arkansas is better than we, um, thought? 
we, we, your question is started. Believe that is, that is a talking point we're going to get to very okay. century. So. My, my my apologies. I didn't I didn't see that. Part. Oh no, it's I've, fine. I've been looking in. Um, I it's I think I still think it's a little tossy. Um, just because Arkansas has just found ways to stay in games. Like they should not have been in that game with LSU last night. Um, and you're on the road, so that, that doesn't help. But uh, they're vulnerable. Uh, Mississippi State's god awful. I mean, they're 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 atrocious. They played close ball with South Carolina, and that might be like the banger ba- banner they get to hang this year. Is like played close with South Carolina for a little while. Um, Alabama's still on the table, in my opinion. Uh, I I think that the Iron Bowl win is still on the table, um, just for obvious reasons. Being it is the Iron Bowl at Jordan Hare Stadium, Alabama is down, and who we really still don't know about Auburn, um, Ole Miss. It really just depends on which version of not just Jackson Dart, but Lane Kiffin decides to show up that day. Um, it's it, that that just feels like a crapshoot to me. Um, if I'm a, if I were a gambling man, I would stay far away from betting the Ole Miss Auburn game this year. I just I don't know. Um, beyond that, LSU, you're going to get thumped. Georgia, you're going to get thumped. Um, I'll tell y'all right now. In the in the in the for those of you guys watching live right now in the comments, and if you're watching this retroactively, great. Welcome to the loop. Glad to have you. Y'all decide what I'm going to do if Auburn slips up and beats Georgia on Saturday. I don't care. I'll do uh, it too. Yeah, barring like a felony, uh, like I'm, I'm in. I don't really care. So y'all just y'all decide that amongst yourselves, um, and uh, let me know, and we'll 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 get it. I'll ink it in blood. Daniel and I will sign a contract. Um, Dylan, where are you at for SEC wins remaining? Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule. Uh, I think Auburn's going to finish out four and four in the SEC. I think you already lost a and I think you're not going to win these next two games. But I those those next five interest me. I think you beat Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas. And I think you split Ole Miss-Bama. I think you're going to beat one, not the other. But I will say, beating Ole Miss, then winning out, you go into the Iron Bowl 8-3. and three. And ranked. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, things, no, things sure. get things get weird in November. That's right. That's absolutely but yeah. Right. That's that's going to be a tough uh, Arkansas. I feel like is the most on par with Auburn team. I think Auburn could be better on some Saturdays if Arkansas can be better than Auburn on some other Saturdays. That game is just going to be very interesting to watch. That game could be whoever has the last possession of the game. That's right. But Ole Miss, um, I, I, it's not a team that beats Auburn very often. Well, let's 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 kick off our uh, our listener questions. Um, with Arkansas, uh, Teresa brought up a good point earlier. Said, uh, was Arkansas much improved or did LSU play bad? Couldn't tell. Or are they both good offensively and not good defensively? Um, the second one. Yeah, kind of. Um, LSU played pretty pretty damn bad. Um, and Arkansas just kind of took advantage of a lot. Like everything that. It's a game of inches, right? But, like, whenever LSU gave them an inch, Arkansas kind of took a mile. Um, and that's kind of what you have to do when you're a severe underdog there. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think Arkansas is all that good. But I certainly think LSU played far below what they're capable of doing. So, I, I don't know. L- LSU allowed them to be in the game. This LSU defense has instances where it just lets other teams that shouldn't be in the game in the game. And that, that's not very – uh, not speaking to the point of what the season looks like so far, because they are three and one, but Florida State utilized that to their advantage. Uh, sure. When when a safety leads your team in tackles, that's not usually a good sign for your pass defense. That means you're letting people get to the next level, uh, even if like your two linebackers got twelve and nine. That means people are getting to the second level of the defense, 
And KJ Jefferson just made stupid mistakes. They could have won Arkansas the game if he didn't throw interceptions or fumble the ball. Uh, but LSU did have 230-yard receivers. I think both teams played offensively, and I think LSU's defense just let Arkansas be in the game. Yeah. I think that I think you're absolutely right there. What do you think, Daniel? Is is Arkansas better than we thought they were? I mean, maybe. I mean, it's a rivalry game. Weird things happen. Right. Um, night game, Death Valley. Weird things happen. Right. Um, that's kind of what I'm chalking it up to. Uh, I'm not saying they're not um, that great. Their two games before this interests me. Yeah. They, they almost they had a close win versus Kent State, and then they lost to BYU. In a game they could have won. Yeah. Probably should have won. They should have yeah. won. He's not good this year. It's just kind of one of those things um, to where I just feel like, I mean, sometimes you just don't know. Yeah. Um, and people tend to like kind of set a team's first conference game as the benchmark to like know what you have. But I mean, I wouldn't, that, that's not true. It's not fair. Uh, in all cases. No. Looking at the schedule, Arkansas might not win a game until the last. The, to the last week of or to the twenty first of October, they have a bye week before Florida. But they got A and M, then at Ole Miss, at Bama, and then they get Mississippi State. And they get a bye week for Florida. Mother of Lord, yeah. I could see him beating A and M. I could too. I, I could I'm, too. That that game is going to be interesting to watch. Is that still in Dallas this year? No, yeah. this is the last year of it. Is what Cade and Hunter were saying on on Friday. Yeah. Okay. Um. Sorry, Arlington. That's uh. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I just think that that's uh, that's. We need, I'm with you, Daniel. I need more. I need more film. I, I just I need more film to figure that out. Uh, Coach C said, "Take Robbie off the leash and let him cook." Hashtag let him cook. Um, sure. I mean, I kind of, I kind of think that that might be Auburn's like only option right now. So, um, I don't disagree there. This playbook needs to be opened up. This playbook needs to be opened up for Robbie Ashford. Uh, you can't go into this week scheming like you still have Peyton Thorne your, as your quarterback. Peyton Thorne lost his job yesterday. That's how we should go into this week thinking. Robbie Ashford is going to get the playbook. They're going to run the RPO because they have to now. Uh, and Hugh Freeze wants to. I don't understand why it's just been abandoned. We went. And, we left Sanford thinking that. Peyton Thorne's going to be this dual threat guy. And I think he tried too hard to be that guy against AM. And it showed when an SEC defense can, you know, scheme around the fact that Peyton Thorne can run, but he can't, he's not agile. Right. We've seen that before. He, he might be a little faster than we thought he is, but he's not quicker than we thought he was. He, this, this playbook this week is going to be schemed around using Robbie Ashford to the best of his abilities, getting the ball on the outside getting the ball down the field, running the ball very heavily. And and once when, well, you guys made the joke about former president of the United States, Jimmy Carter, from Georgia, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Carter mentioned big, uh, time of possession, getting off the field on third downs will be big this week, and that kind of ties into what you were saying. Um, obviously on defense, making sure that you're getting the Georgia offense off the field so they can't score. That's like a big part of like you know winning games. But like you mentioned, uh, don't commitment to the run game. Dictating time of possession. It's hard to score more points when you don't physically have clock time to score more points. Uh, and that's like the only way Auburn stays in this, by the way, is if they run the absolute shit out of the ball. Um, so um, we'll, we'll, and we'll talk about that all week. We're going to be talking about a lot, a lot, a lot about UGA. Um, so 
any other questions you guys may have, drop them in the chat. We'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up one more little talking point that actually isn't Auburn football for two seconds, but we will certainly circle back to it. Gentlemen, anyone else like a little still depressed about this is like not football, but like volleyball on Friday night because like it was right there. It was right there. Auburn, Auburn had it and then just sold. They I mean, beat Ole Miss, so I'm fine. Yeah, well, good, of course. Um, I was I was <laughs> big-time bummed um, that, that Auburn got up. It was up two sets to none, right, and lost three straight? Yep. Absolutely brutal. Um, no, I thought that, no, I thought they split, and then they – did I read the card wrong? They, went to no, they, they, they get... split, and then um, I, one I set sw- three, and then Florida one set four and five. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. But Auburn one, Florida two, Auburn three, then Florida four and five. Yeah. Um, and I did want to kind of shout that out though. Like that's a testament. Brent Crouch took Florida to five sets. Yeah. Um, and honestly had it right there. Like the like uh, Auburn had it right there. And the first ever top twenty five matchup for volleyball in Neville Arena history, by the way. Um and, and all Arena history. Yeah, well the arena history. The, that's what I'm that was the context. Yes. And, Beardy's Memorial Coliseum history and Auburn history. Yeah. And so that was, I thought that was super cool. And I want to shout that out really quick on the stream. If we don't have any other, other questions, then we're just probably going to roll out of here. Make sure that if you've got anything, um, if something pops in y'all's head, first off, thank y'all for listening. But if something pops in your head, use hashtag feeling loopy tweet at the college loop and let us know what your thoughts are, what questions you want answered on the show this week, what you want to see on this week. And if there's a specific topic you guys want to spend time on, like that is why we interact with you guys. Have we, done, we haven't done our grades yet. Oh, oh, hmm. Can we release our grades on the Tuesday show real quick? Like at the at the top of the Tuesday show, so we can include Colin. Yeah, like we can do that. But we'll we'll release our Tuesday, our, our show our, our our game grades on I, Tuesday. I'm gonna go ahead and present overall grades. Probably not gonna be anything above a B. Oh no, mine's gonna be probably gonna be a C minus. Um, and I had mine written down somewhere. I actually put those down already, but um, mine I think mine's a C minus um, or a D. I can't remember what I, what I decided on. Uh, but we'll release our A and M uh, Auburn A and M performance grades uh, on the Tuesday show as Colin Beiersdorf had to work volleyball today. So he's running run a little bit late and had some homework and needed to watch some film. So all those things completely understandable. Has, he gets to eat tonight. He gets to eat tonight. That's he's, uh, he's going to be so happy. Shout, shout out to all y'all, all right. 600 of you. That's Thank right. Y'all. Thank you guys for 600 subs. That being said, um, any other questions, tweet them at us, drop them in the comments here. We'll make sure we bring them up on the show. It's our favorite part of this is interacting with you guys. You guys are the reason we can do it. If you haven't already grabbed your, your feeling loopy shirt, make sure you go to the www.thewarreport.com and pick up your very own one of five colorways. Dylan's got on the show, uh, on the show right now on the stream. And if you don't want to type it in the search bar, that's completely fine. Just go to the link in the description. Otherwise, Daniel Locke, tell me where they can find you. Love you and support you. You can follow me on Twitter or X at Daniel J. Locke. Gotten that uh, right first try twice in a row now. There you go. Yeah. Um, you can – lost train of thought there. You can check out my written work for 1819 News or um, at Auburn Daily. And, yeah, that's kind of it. There you go. I'm Harrison Tarr. I buy Harrison Tarr on the Bird app on X, whichever one you want to call it. Um, not even plugging the rest. That's all we needed to know. If you guys want to support the college loop, there are two ways that you can do so. And we appreciate either one of them equally. I promise you seriously, equally, maybe one more than the other. Another one, one, the one that we appreciate more costs you nothing. 
hit, hit the sub button right here on the YouTube channel. If you guys are watching live, obviously, if you if you listen to the show routinely on Spotify, Apple Music, um, any, any of your other streaming platforms of choice, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you get rated as five stars, share us with friends. That's the number one way you guys can help us. And we certainly, certainly appreciate it. So like I said, on YouTube, make sure you like, like the video, hit the subscribe button and ring the bell so you can stay up to date on everything coming out here at the College Loop. We've got content, 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 content. And you guys are the reason we get to do it. We have a ton of fun with this every single week. Dylan, it's been a great post-game wrap-up show. I've had a blast. Thank you to everyone who's hung out in the chat. Thank you to everyone who might be listening to this after the recording. Hop in the chat next week. We'll see you next Saturday at 6 p.m. Central Time um, for the post-game wrap-up once again following the Deep South's oldest rivalry and the last installment of the annual Deep South's oldest rivalry. Um, James Barnett said, awesome show, fellas. Thank you. You're awesome, James. You're awesome. And we, we certainly appreciate you. Dylan, let's go. Yeah, of course, I'm Dylan Lark at Evil the Tank on Twitter slash X. It's just right there at Y-A-B-O-Y the Tank. Also got my Instagram at Dylan Lark at D-Y-L-E-N-L-A-R-C-K. Thank you for 600. Tune in to the next episode. We're going to talk about what a Robbie Ashford offense is going to look like even more and give, again, our overall grades for this game. Spoiler alert, not very high. And, of course, if you want to follow us here in the College Loop, you have us on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram, all at the College Loop. And, of course, the audio versions are up on the College Loop on Apple, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. There we go. I almost forgot all of them. Uh, but yeah, do that so you don't have to look at Tara's face every episode because, yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. If we beat Georgia again, he gets to do something funny. So My that's going to be awesome. have face for radio. Yeah, that might be too <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys decide in the comments and on Twitter. Um, what, what am I going to do? Um, that's ridiculous and stupid if Auburn beats Georgia on Saturday. Doing it too. Yeah, Daniel and I will do it together, barring a felony. Yeah. Um, I think misdemeanors are on the table. Misdemeanors, yeah, they're they not are. all off the table. Yeah. For legal reasons, that's a joke, but like they're on the table. <laughs> well, just to put it up one more time, just to boost my ego some more, this comment again, I was right. And all that being said, this has been the College Loop post game review. <laughs>